you've already heard it all. But now you resonate. The world has pushed you out of what you thought you knew, your comfort zone, and into this strange place, this slightly off reality. Welcome to the Truth Serum Podcast, hosted by the controversial and funny Dom Bates, author, mother, human, and all-round thought leader. The time has come to realign your essence with your experience. We all know this world is changing. You're here now because you've personally felt it, and your reality has reflected the Truth Serum Podcast, getting to the root of what really is. And now, Dawn Bates. I love that noise recording in progress. <laughs> so, as you can see, guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs in the corner, and cats on the armchair, I still get excited about that whole recording in progress. Um, simple things please complex minds. And I say complex minds as you're about to um, take a journey with me and a fellow friend, a fellow publisher, um, soul sister, who we haven't known each other very long, but it's like, oh my God, how did we not know each other before? (laughs) (laughs) Our souls know each other from way back. Oh, don't they just? It's like, oh my gosh. Um, so today I'm going to be introducing you to Julie Eason from Thanet Publishing. And um, some people might actually find this quite interesting that you've got two publishers coming together to uh, have conversations and promote each other. But this isn't really about uh, two publishers coming together. This is about two kindred spirits coming together and just sharing space and just really wanting to call bullshit on a lot of stuff that's out there and just really... Um, those of you who are watching the video on this just saw Julie throw her head back. Those of you who are just listening to the audio, you'll actually hear us giggling. But the thing is, I like real conversations. This is called the truth serum, and sometimes truths are uncomfortable. And those of you who have seen the video for my authority mastermind collection over on my website or my Vimeo channel, or that's been repurposed on every pretty much every social media platform there is going. Um, will know um, that I don't hold back. So, Julie, welcome to the Truth Serum. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, uh, anytime, anytime. Where are you? I am in Raleigh, North Carolina. North Carolina. That's all, is that on the east side of America? On the or? east side of America, about not quite halfway up. <laughs> U.S. geography is getting better. Awesome. I don't know how you keep it all, keep track of everything. You're, you're like always somewhere else and in some gorgeous location. Yeah, I am. Because <laughs> that's how you roll. <laughs> how I roll. <laughs> uh, I, I felt a bit, I've been calling it a bit cardinal. Um, and someone was asking me the other day, what the hell do you mean by cardinal? I'm like, four cardinal points. I'm a bit cardinal. I'm just a bit everywhere at the moment. It's, But you'll understand this because we both hold space for authors. And um, if I was to tell you right here, right now, that I have two clients' books about to be published in the next couple of weeks, 
another one to be published next month. One of my own books is three chapters away from being finished with another one that I'm writing next week. And I'm submitting a chapter in another book. Um, you will kind of have some understanding of where I'm at emotionally right now yep. because it's a grieving process. A grieving process, a fear process, a stalling tactics. There's, there's so much. I'm actually also in the same position as you are, where I am launching three books for clients in the next couple of months and writing three chapters or what, not even three chapters. I'm way less than that. I'm closer than that to the end of, of my own book, but I also have three follow-up books for, for those. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm in exactly this, the same place. And also the topics of my books are about the emotional journey and, and all of the things that, that authors go through. And we write for people who are not professional writers, or we work with pe people who are not professional writers. So those people have no clue what's in store. They're like going mm. on a roller coaster that they don't even know what it looks like. Like they mm. have no idea where the dips and, and rises and turns and loops are where they're at, where they are. And so, yeah, mm. it, it's a heck of a ride. It is. And not everybody can do it. And it's really interesting that, um, I mean, I find lots of things interesting, but uh, I also find a lot of things really bloody boring, to be honest with you. Those of you who don't know, I've actually stepped away from social media um, because I was just, I was fed up with the COVID conversations. I was fed up with the conspiracy. I was like, you know what, if all of this went away, would any of you actually have anything interesting to say? Would you actually have another topic of conversation? Or is, you know, how to have a 10-figure week or how to have a 10K month or how to, and it's just like, you were all so much more than that. And I think that um, one of the things I find interesting is when our authors embark upon this journey, they don't actually realize a lot of the time just how much they do have to offer. No, nope. they have no idea. They just, they come and they say, I just want a quick lead magnet. I just want an ebook. I just, I've already got a manuscript. It just needs polishing. Is that word just that uh, lets them off the hook so that yeah. they don't have to reach deep down. They don't have to really pull out the book of their soul. They don't have to really share what it is that they're here to share. And I, and I mm -hmm. think that when I explain that to them, I'm sure you do the same thing. They're like, Oh yeah, I totally want to go on that ride. The right people yeah. really, they just love it. Yeah. Yeah. And those that don't get bye. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to, there's an like online that. course for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a $25 course on what is it? Uh, I don't even know what it is, but there's loads of them. And it's like, you know, and all these people that say, oh, you can become an influencer in a week. You can write a book in a weekly. I write 15,000 words in a day on a good day. You cannot write a decent book in a weekend. I am, I don't care who you are, oh. you know, and all these people that say, oh, become an influencer in a weekend or write a book in a weekend or do this. Have I written books in a week? Absolutely. Did they become an international bestseller with four, like seven days after I put the final full stop? Absolutely. But that's because a lot of people were like, holy shit, Dawn's really going to do it. They were just because, you know, I came up with, you know what? The boys are going to their dad. I'm just going to sit down and write this book. But it wasn't a book that was just like, oh, I'm going to write a book. It was a book that had, I'd lived and yeah. experienced it. And it had been bubbling and building without me even knowing it. Um, and I find that these people that are doing this but write a book in a weekend are damaging the world of literature. They're belittling I don't know, the maybe word. Maybe it's not author. literature. Maybe it, I mean, it's, 
litter richer. <laughs> I'm so glad you're drinking your coffee because now I can. Now oh, I can drink wine. It's, and feel it's good. real. Like, I mean, you, you'll probably see one of the gardeners walk behind me in a minute. Like, you know, it is what it is. I might start no, I, swatting I, a mosquito as well. <laughs> you know, so it, I had an interesting interaction with my mother yesterday, a couple of days ago. And I realized something about the way that I, that I dismiss people's efforts at doing QuickBooks or something that's just going to bring them leads or whatever. So I was talking about Bob Ross. And if you don't know, he's a famous um, TV painter and he teaches very, very simple art, art techniques, but it's following, um, it's following a system. It's following you. You learn the techniques, but you learn it by, by painting along with him and doing the same thing. And so my mom, who is a fine artist, who has been a fine artist all her life, who's very accomplished, was like, ah, that's not art, you know? And, and I was like, now hold on just a second here, because Did we get a every master ever has learned the way that they, that they created their art, their own style. And they learned by, by copying the masters. That's how every, from the Renaissance way, way back, like that's how you, you, you copy the masters, you learn the techniques and then you develop your own style. And this particular program, this particular system was all for people who'd never painted before and wanted to feel like they could do it. And so I was like, I, mom, you're kind of an art snob. And then I was like, I'm kind of a writing snob and I really should probably stop being quite so snobby about it because honestly, if someone is trying to achieve something and they're having the guts to write a book and they think that using a template or following a system or whatever is going to get them what they need and that's their first effort and that's what they, they feel good and accomplished about that, who am I to say that's not art or that's not worth it, or that's not a real book or whatever. Like, it's just, I, I kind of have taken that back and it's just been in the last week. I'm like, I'm a freaking writing snob and I should probably stop because people, I don't know if those people are going to do a book in a weekend, decide that publish it, decide that they are embarrassed by it or that they, you know, that it wasn't really their best effort or it wasn't what they wanted to say. And then they write another book that's brilliant. You know, but if I am the one who's saying you shouldn't even try, then that kind of sucks for like, that's not helpful. Hey, no, I hear what you're saying. And I still stand by my book snobbery. Writing <laughs> snobbery. I'm still going to well, stand I, by I own it. that. I do own it. Life's too bad it, for but... coffee, let's be honest. And if it's too short for crap coffee and bad chocolate, then, you know, and the, the thing for me, and, and I understand completely what you're saying about, you know, this is them having a go. Right. This is them, you know, that's their first step on the journey. That's, you know, I remember when my, I mean, my first business, you know, my, my first sales presentation, you know, my, the, when I first did a sales training or when I first, I mean, you still don't want me to design any book cover you've ever <laughs> really wanted. Oh my God, no. Do <laughs> not give me Canva or... I mean, Photoshop, I mean, Canva is, is way past my limit. So if you can imagine Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop and that's Dawn's worst nightmare. Yeah. Like, seriously, it is. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't even know what that picture of that icon is. But anyway, that aside, um, for me, I would rather, I mean, a lot of my authors, they, 
Um, and, I, and I'm guessing the same for you. These people have got so much passion. Yes. Um, and I was discussing with a, a friend of mine uh, a couple of nights ago. Um, she told me that she's going to bring out her next book. And, she, and I was like, you're not bringing out a book. You're bringing out another pamphlet. Mm-hmm. And she just laughed her head off. She goes, you're in your bloody pamphlet. I said, yeah, but a 10,000-word book is not a book. It's a workbook or it's an essay. Or And she's laughing at me. I mean, she, people who come to me know that I am just this com- blunt sledgehammer <laughs> uh, you know, I, I make no bones about it. But again, it's that's the reason why they come to me because they know that they're not going to get, you know, the gentle, gentle process. And, you know, when you get to kick the ass of a US Marine and yeah. he says, yes, ma'am, you know, you're onto a winner. Um, yeah. Because, you know, as British ladies, we do like it when a man says, yes, ma'am, that, <laughs> whether it's on a professional basis or not. It's like, wow. <laughs> But the thing is, it's like for me, if you're going to put in such little effort into a book, that tells me that the effort that you're putting into other areas of your business or other areas of your life is, is because this is your book, this is your lead magnet. Instead of calling it a book, just call it an introduction or, you know, something else. For me, it's not a book. Yeah, and, and filling it with blank spaces—it's—it's it's not. Um, and I—I don't—I feel cheated or manipulated mm-hmm. because if you're telling me that you you know get my free ebook and it's only twenty-five pages and ten thousand words, you know that's not that's like one and a half spacing, you know, twelve point on the lots the of font. pictures, yeah, there are lots of pictures and graphics, and there's no depth to it so if I'm coming to you and I want you to deliver uh, whether it's a really great product and it, this is a lead magnet just for you to collect my email address just say you want my email address just say you want it let's just what be honest this is cool. I mean come on how much do we need to allow lying and manipulation to be dressed up with a little bit of lip gloss I mean I know we're both lip gloss girls I mean like we've both got our gloss on today but for me, I am honest and I don't like the whole pretense. I, I find it really, really sickly. And it, I remember a conversation I was having on LinkedIn, and I know you're going to love this, but this woman was talking about having someone uh, write all your marketing posts for you as you. Like they're called like this ghostwriting malarkey. Um, and I say malarkey because it's, it's not something that, I mean, I see it as a very, very powerful tool, but for me, I can't go there because right. I we go I there all the time because we you yeah, go yeah completely different and, frame I think for the word yeah because I, everything that I write um, in my books and in my articles are factual basis. I have to make sure that everything I can't pretend to be anything that I'm not. Um, I can't be seen to be writing something and ha- then have someone else's name go attached to it because for me that's deceiving people because that person did not write it that mm-hmm. person did not put the blood sweat and tears into it um and i would rather say co-authored with yeah and um, that, that's a very common way to do it and so we i just had this conversation last night with someone that that we're going to be working on a book with them and she's like but it's going to be my book right I'm like 
So the way that we we see it through the, the lenses that we use, um, they're the author, but we're the writer. And so mm. or when I say we, whoever is ending up writing it is the writer. So there is a, a skill set to writing that many, many, many authors just don't have. And it's like, please just don't. Your, your ideas are brilliant. Your concepts are brilliant. Your framework is incredible. Let us take that and create something beautiful. And co-authorship is beautiful because you could, that way both people get credit. There is no, you know, hiding behind masks or, or feeling. And I think some author and some authors are fine with it. I, I, it's so funny because I remember back in the day when ghostwriting was like a secret, you never told anybody that you were ghostwriting. You never divulged your clients. They never said anything. Now my clients are like, they send me people all the time. They have huge splashy video testimonials. They're like, yes. Oh my God, Julie wrote my book. It's amazing. And, and it's such a different world because everybody Mm. now I think, and I think it's the speed of technology publishing. Our lives are so much busier that it legitimately is almost impossible without a guide. And that's what we, when I do is we guide people. If you mm. really want this thing and you really want to write it, Dawn is going to guide you down an amazing journey that where you are going to come out with something and you are going to be a different, I always say you're going to be a different person when you're done with your book. Uh, I don't think you can write a book, whether you're doing it in your style as a ghostwriter or co-author. I don't feel that if the book is worthy of your life, I don't think that you can write a book and not be a changed person. You can't, you just can't because you see things differently. You experience Mm. things over again and you experience that. So if you're, if you're writing a memoir and you're writing about something that's traumatic or you thought was traumatic, and now you're looking at it through a lens of, you know, 20 years later, like, Oh, well, maybe I was overreacting, you know, maybe I don't Mm. actually hate that person. Maybe that person actually had good motives for doing what they did. And I just happened to overreact, you know, like you see it differently. And sometimes you see things worse. Sometimes you see them better, but you change. You're a different person Mm. now. So you're going to see things differently and you're going to feel things differently. You're going to write about them differently. One of the, I think that's one of the reasons people get scared to write quote unquote real books is because it's permanent and we are not used to permanent things anymore. We're used to Put up a blog post, somebody gets offended, you can take it down. If there's a you know bad comments on something, you can erase them. Like there is nothing permanent in the world. Even books that if you're self-publishing, you can put them up on Amazon. You don't like it something, you just take it down, change it, put it back up again. A, a printed book is out there, it's in the world, and you can't take it's it permanent. back. You can't take it back. And that is is terrifying to some people because it's like, uh, but what if I change my mind? You're gonna change your mind. In 10 years, you're going to look there back. There is no but book. what if. So, there is, you will. Right. <laughs> you will. And yeah. you might think, oh my God, I can't believe I wrote that. You know, and then you can say, okay, so I'm a different person now. A, a book is a moment in time. It's a snapshot. Mm-hmm. One set of, of ideas and experiences, lenses and meaning. You're creating meaning out of something and putting it into words for other people. And you can totally go the opposite way in five years. And that's mm-hmm. okay. And then this is the thing, it's like with my first trilogy, and um, we have when I first wrote those books, uh, the first book I called myself an accidental author because I was so fed up with answering everybody's questions. The same <laughs> question went, you know, I'm just gonna write a bloody book. You can read that. And then I've got so many butterflies around me at the moment. <laughs> I just so saw cool. one, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, so they're stunning as well. 
um, and talk about being a butterfly brain. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, and it's like, so I wrote that book uh, because I'd gone, oh, I've told people they better go buy my book. I better write it. Mm -hmm. um, and then Wallahi came out, you know, and I was stood in the kitchen like, cooking a chili um, dog beside me listening to the news um and i'm like you know what i'm fed up with listening to all this bs about what happened in egypt i'm gonna write a book what do you think helped and my dog is sat there tilting his head left and right going yes mommy i think that's a great idea and i'm, <laughs> I'm like right phone's the ex-husband the boys are gonna come and stay with you for a week oh, is that all right i'm gonna write a book i then put a post up on facebook to hold myself accountable i'm gonna write a book it's gonna be about this People are like, are you crazy? I'm like, of course I am. I'm just going to do it. It'll be out on January 25th, the anniversary of the uprising. And then, you know, that was done and that got to international bestseller. I was like, holy moly, how did that happen? But obviously I know how that happened because I know how to do things. Um, and then we go down the journey of like what happened in Scotland. And it's now each book was an individual book. But now we're coming back. We're going, these things are still happening. Yeah, um, these things are still being spoken about. And you know what? It's time for us to revisit that, but actually make them into, uh, and obviously with me being an author strategist as well and looking at how this impacts your business, but also how it allows you to use your success and influence to be a bigger influence and to actually give a voice to something, to become an authority, right. which, you know, the word author is the root word of authority. Oh, Hello. People don't and recognize I'm, that. Why are you not writing a book? I don't know. <laughs> well, exactly. Right? If you're not writing a book that elevates you to being an authority on something, why are you writing it? And I had this conversation with Amber, uh, the lady who repurposes all my content. And she goes, because for me, it was just a healing thing. It was just a purging thing, mm. and which I totally get. But, you know, it's got to the point where I'm like, you know what, we're going to re-release these books, but we're going to separate them. We're going to do this and we're going to uh, structurally edit them, prop, you know, in a very different way. And, you know, some would say properly because the editor that was before, you know, got so caught up in the story that, you know, there were a few mistakes made and like, you know, and these things happen. You know, yeah. even Stephen King has mistakes in his book. Sorry, Stephen. There's no such thing as a perfect book. <laughs> You're listening oh, to my don't, voice. Don't. Don't, There's don't no such thing as a perfect book. <laughs> People will tell you that. How dare you make a mistake? You're an author. Yeah, I'm human too. So are my team. <laughs> and also, we don't have control over every freaking thing. I was in the airport and I, I picked up the 20, 25th or 50th anniversary edition of Stranger in a Strange Land, which is a very, mm. very oh. famous, popular science fiction novel. And I opened it. I was like, I haven't read this since high school. I'm going to, I'm going to get this and I'm going to read it and everything. And I, and I opened it up and a good third of the book, the pages were upside down, upside down. Oh no. And I went and to the clerk, I said, I, I know this isn't your fault or anything, but I'm a publisher. And I'm like, just, I, I need to just point this out because I would be mortified. And I'm like, th th these pages are upside down. Like you can see this, right? It's not my imagination. And he was like, oh yeah, that happens sometimes. We'll just send it back. It's fine. And I actually talked to our printer and I, and I said, what is up with that? And he's like, sometimes like you're going, you're printing, these presses are moving and they're going and going and going. And sometimes when you feed in a new batch of paper or something, something happens and, and mistakes get made. 
typos get missed. Things, things happen that, I mean, this is why we proofread. We have more proofreading that happens after our, our formatting is done than before. Because <laughs> when, when you upload something into InDesign or whatever your, your formatter is using, weird shit happens. Like whole paragraphs disappear or there's space. Well, they get the duplicated. You're like, what? Oh, duplicated. Like, yes. It's like, I feel like I'm in that museum in Amsterdam that says, if you're reading this sentence over and over again, you're probably stoned. If you're reading this sentence over and over again, you're probably stoned. And they printed it five times and you stood there reading it. You're like, okay, I only had one joint. That's stoned. Those are the hangups people have when they should be hung up on. What are you actually trying to say? Absolutely. Absolutely they are. And this is the thing though, isn't it? And it's like when we, we write these books and, you know, we're using them to – um, like when I was talking to Amber and I was saying that, uh, and I was saying to my friend Renelle the other day about how, you know, she's going to be writing another one of these pamphlets. Um, and, um, she's laughing at me. I said, look, you know, the thing is, is if you've written a book all these years ago and you're not promoting it and you're not, uh, you're not making any sales from it, why are you still hanging on to the title of an author? And they're like, what? I'm like, well, let's look at it another way. I got paid money to be a waitress and a paper girl all those years ago. I don't keep the title paper girl and waitress and hotel manager and head chef and sales administrator and sales trainer and, you know, journalist and all of the other job titles that I've had in the past. Why are you keeping the title author? Because it's prestigious, right? Because it opens doors for you, but it's fueled with ego. And the thing is, it's like, if you're not an author, that means you are not using, you are not writing books every day. Then why are we using the job title of being an author? Other than it's for not a job title. It's an, it's an achievement. It's like putting PhD after your name. I think that's, that's why is they don't see it as a profession and it doesn't have to be a profession for everybody. I mean, it's, it's not most, uh, none of my clients are professional authors. Um, but it, it's snob right here. Author snob. <laughs> Book snob, coffee snob, chocolate snob. Coffee snob. Oh my God, I'm out of all my good coffee and I had to have subpar coffee this morning. Um, oh, no. Yeah, but so so it's it's in it, but it's an achievement. And it is an achievement. And that's what people need to to I think treat it with a little respect and a, and and actually get help if you're not a professional mm-hmm. author and even professionals get help they have mentors they have people who help them with publishing they have people they have editors if you look at any acknowledgement section I'm an acknowledgments freak I love that's the first thing I want to read who did they thank right yes always their family because they had to ignore them for so long always their editor yes. and the publisher and the people who who believed in them when they just wanted to quit those are the people that get the most thanks every single time because it takes a team. It, you cannot do it by yourself. And people writing the pamphlets, honestly, what's wrong with a pamphlet? Just call it that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, people have been writing pamphlets and booklets for hundreds of years. It's fine. It's how the printing press was invented for crying out loud. I so, know, right? <laughs> right? So, so broadsheets, let's call them broadsheets, right? Um, but it's just I completely lost track of what I was trying to say. It was brilliant and I lost track of it. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to say. I was on a roll. 
You were, and then you rolled away. But I think you're right, though. There's this whole thing about there is nothing wrong with saying that you are writing this to gain someone's email address. You know, you are writing an introduction to who you are. Mm-hmm. It is a bio. Um, and like you were saying, that being an author is an achievement. But when I see so many press PR companies telling people to write a book as an opt-in or to get people's email addresses, they are belittling it. It's it's like this throwaway job title now, this throwaway word. It's like the words, I'm sorry, or I love you. Mm -hmm. They've become to mean so little because people are just using them willy-nilly. Oh, I love you. Um, and I, you know, and it, it kind of makes me, um, you know, when I say it to someone, it actually means I do because, you know, let, if we look at it in perspective that my children are thousands of miles away from me. Yeah, I've been single for four years. Everyone who I love dearly are thousands of miles away from me, you know, and I am, I, you know, I've been burnt very badly a couple of times in my love life. Um, and have left me traumatized in many ways. Um, but what was really interesting is as I'm coming to the end of this book, and I think the reason why I'm so protective over the word, the title of author is because when you write a book that actually adds substance and actually adds value to people's lives and actually makes a difference in people's lives, I I kind of look back to, you know, why do I read books? I read books to learn, like, because sometimes I have no one to ask that question of. Mm -hmm. When I was a child, I was eager, I was hungry for knowledge. I had no one to ask those questions. I didn't know who to ask the questions of. You know, teachers tell you to put your hand down and stop asking questions or your parents go, I I don't know. I go and I found my world in books and you know people find hope and courage in books they're able to escape their own reality in books and when I see these press companies uh, PR agencies saying I'll just write a book to get people's emails addresses it's like do you realize how damaging that is to the industry in so many ways because nobody like I ever what I'm starting to see you know, and some people might say it's just another Dawn's conspiracy theory, uh, which, you know, nine times out of 10, the conspiracies I actually talk about do come true, um, which is really interesting. Um, but again, I read a lot and I look at where and it sends me off on a rabbit hole. And, you know, like you say, books cannot be deleted. But when you write these books and they, they transform your life, and they transform other people's lives. And as an author, you receive these messages from people that make you cry because you realize you've given somebody hope. You have given somebody the belief in themselves or the answers that they've been seeking their whole life. And or you have given somebody the permission for them to give themselves permission to give themselves permission. That's what a book has the power to do. So when you, when I'm seeing these pamphlets being, you know, offered as a landing page or as a lead magnet that do no, that really have no value or benefit, that it's a worksheet. 
mm-hmm. lot of the time. Call it a worksheet. Don't be embarrassed by that. Yeah. I mean, it's like yesterday I'm writing the end of this chapter for um, one of my clients in the book collaboration that we're doing. And I got present to the fact that whilst my ex-husband gave me the air to breathe when we got together, I had suffocated him during our marriage. I got present to that yesterday, like massively. I mean, I kind of, I've been on that journey as I've written my books and, you know, the healing journey of us being divorced now eight years, you know, me preparing myself to go into a new relationship, you know, what mistakes have I made in the past? What would I take into a new relationship? Should I ever have one again? Um, I hope I, I mean, I've been looking at wedding dresses, so, you know, really do hope I get married again. Um, <laughs> Style you know, in six months. No, yeah. they, they, they don't. No, I just look at the same similar thing. You know, when you've got an hourglass figure, you know, you kind of know what suits you and what doesn't. And, you know, and, but it, when you send, and I sent him this message, I went, I just want you to know what I'm about to write in this book. Um, and I just want to really acknowledge you for giving me the air that I needed to breathe when we were married. And I'm sorry that I suffocated you and took away your air. And we had a really beautiful conversation yesterday and both of us were in tears. But that's what books do. Books move you, whether they're fiction or nonfiction, whether they're business books or books on history. They're able to move mountains and they're able to move people into being the next best thing within themselves, for themselves and for others. And it's so underestimated. And I know I've just gone off on a rant there and we're supposed to be having this conversation together. I feel like I'm, I'm monologuing. Like, and, uh, and I can see you writing notes as well. And I'm just like, oh, oh crap, what did I gonna get it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love it. I think that, yeah, the... It, Books have the power to do so many things. Mm. And I think it's, I, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm like, book snob, word snob, lead magnet, ebook. Like, does it really matter what you call it as long if the intent and the outcome are achieved? So if you, if you intend to produce something that's going to help people see something that they didn't see before, and work something out in their life and it's going to be something that they can use to to journal with or exercise you know it's a it's a worksheet whatever but your intention is genuinely to help them and to bring them into your world with by collecting their email address specifically so you can help them and be of service to them i think that's fine you call it a worksheet call it a pamphlet call it a book what if just i don't think that be honest i don't think there's a word count that makes it a book because Simon Sinek, who wrote, you know, Start With Why, he's he's written these brilliant leadership books. One of my very favorite books is a little tiny picture book that he wrote called Together Is Better. And it's beautiful. It might be 2000 words. It's illustrated. It's like a children's book. It's beautiful. And it mm-hmm. has the power to change people's lives. And I don't think it's it's the word count so much as the intent. And I don't think it's what you call it so much as the outcome that you're intending to produce and whether or not it actually does. Because a lot of things we copy, we, we like read something and then we're like, oh, I can just turn that into my business model or I can turn that into my idea, my framework. I'm going to just use that framework, call it something else. 
that's not the same as reaching inside yourself and pulling out your own ideas. Not to say that you can't learn from other ideas. There's not a, there's no new idea under the sun. I don't believe I like everything is the same because we are all the same come from the same source. So being, being able to create your own frameworks and your own uh, ideas and your own coming from your own stories, your own experiences, they're going to be different somehow. They're, they just are. People will say, oh, but there's already so many books in my, in my niche. I've got, there's so many, you know, influencers or whatever. Why, you know, if I just write a book, I'm just gonna get lost in the noise. We specifically do market research beforehand so that we're like, okay, what else is out there? What else does it look like? What is your unique take on things? Absolutely. And how do we create a book that's going to stand out? Maybe it's a picture book. Maybe it's a cookbook. Maybe, you know, I'm, I, I, we, I've literally been researching business cookbooks, which are brilliant. I love them. You know, because it's literally just a formula you put together and you get an outcome, which is what a cookbook is, right? And, and it, but it stands out. Mm-hmm. It stands out from all the other books that are talking about the exact same thing. Mm. And I think that's, uh, you know, like you were saying that with Simon Sinek's book, you know, when we're looking at, uh, you know, the size of the book, the shape of the book and what it represents, you know, and how does that make it accessible to other people? And it's so right that we have to look at our audience mm-hmm. um, and understand who we're writing for. Because I know that a lot of my clients, when they're right, you know, it's about it really is understanding who our clients are or looking at who we're trying to reach. Are we trying to teach something to other people? Are we trying to reach people above uh, who we uh, perceive to be above us so that we can position ourselves amongst the giants? Oh, because we know that, you know, the, the, the really successful people in the world, they're not going to want to know the top 10 tips to success. They're not going to want to know about mindset success. But we are saying we're with you at the top level. So if we're writing something like a lot of the books that I write, they are uh, political and social science. They are, you know, they're looking at social justice and it is about positioning these people that um, are not just writing books to give air to people, actually establish the authors on a level where they're seen as the authority on this subject um and because they have the, something interesting to say because it's also <laughs> different and they're actually using their life story yeah you know like debbie um at the moment she's creating a book called a life to thrive and it's a collaboration of 10 women who have got together who um, attempted suicide, failed suicide, and they're sharing their journey to what led them to make that choice to try and commit suicide. And you, we've got uh, people in there that are talking about, you know, when there was sex traffic, like domestic violence, you've got people who were sold into prostitution. You have got women who were, you know, uh, like abandoned by their parents. And and so these are, and then you've got a high achiever in there, and then somebody who, you know, the church was just the biggest, baddest thing that ever happened to them. And it's about tackling all these different issues to say, you know what, these women have you have gone through this and look at what they've achieved. You can do this too. But what it's also doing is putting a spotlight on how when things don't go as planned, there's a reason for that. And you can use that to springboard who you are so that you can then 
create these organizations. There's one lady called Cheryl who um, is sharing her story in the book. Incredible journey. Um, and by the time this podcast goes out, you know, the book will be published. And she's actually used her journey to set up a community group to support the children in that community that are going through what she went through when she was younger. So they don't get to the point. So they can learn from her. But now she's elevated within the community and people are actually, you know, she can now use this book to gain funding. She can yeah. use this book now to get speaking gigs or she can use this, you know, as a, a way of generating income for her community and for the community centre and for the business. And it is really like you were saying, as long as we know what the intention for the book is, you know, Simon Sinek's book, you know, the small one, this is a great way of getting into schools or people that don't read. I mean. Give me War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy or, you know, Bleak House by Dickens. I'm a happy girl. I will happily like <laughs> And they're like, I, I got bored with the title, Dawn. I'm like, well, that's yeah. all right. You know, the introduction to those books or the preface or the prologues or, you know, what are we calling all of these things? And does it matter what it's called? It does matter what it's called. Because it's, for me, it comes back to, Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If I was to call you Juju or Jules, that's not your name. Your name is Julie. Mm -hmm. You know, is your name David or is it Dave? Someone's name is important to them. So what we're calling things is equally important, is it not? Yes. And I love that you said intention behind collaboration books because collaboration books my my first introduction to them other than like the ultimate collaboration books of chicken soup for the soul they were literally publishers trying to stay afloat and just selling spots in a book so that they could make money mm. they, there was no intention behind i had it. to be very careful with that when i first started i was like oh no we're not going down that route we're not it's going not down that me, right and we're not going to you're all. not sending money in your chat and it's you know money's on the side thanks very much out your door before I wake up in the morning it's not right. one of those kind of collaborations but and and that's what I mean is like it's mm. still a collaboration it's still a collaborative book but it actually has real stories behind it real intention mm. real like it's it's intended to help people there's a theme you know it's not just random stories of success and, and I mean it's not and it's so hard because it's like what is the true intention? I mean, yeah, the publisher wants to make money. Publishers always want to make money. That's they have to survive. Anyone in business wants to make money. <laughs> it, would be in your, yeah, it would be a business, but and and the authors genuinely want to be authors, you know. They but and if they can have the the title of author after writing one chapter rather than writing an entire book on the topic, so much the better, you know. And if they can pay to have it published, so much the better. It really, and, and I, and I just have to be careful now because I, I'm like, well, I don't know what their intent was to my outside view. It looks like the publisher just wanted to make money. It was kind of a shitty book and like they, nothing ever happened from it. it they ran it up the lists like you do manipulating an algorithm and it was done, but I don't know how painful or how difficult or how seriously the, each of those authors took their individual chapters. That might've been all they could do at the time. Mm -hmm. you know, that might've been. Isn't that the dark. same thing, what we were saying about how, you know, your mum's saying about, oh, that's not real art. Right. But it's, it's not real art. Stone. It's not a real book. 
Yeah. You know, and I this is the thing that, that I found. Like, <gasps> yeah. No, but didn't we know. say at the beginning of this interview, this conversation, it's not an interview, it's a conversation. <laughs> um, but didn't we say at the very beginning uh, that, you know, and I actually had um, someone say to me on one of the collaborations that I've done with people, this is so different to one of the other collaborations I've done. Dawn. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a community that I build with people. It's like, you know what? I get that what you're going through with this book, uh, because these chapters, we, we get together and I hold space for them. Um, I know that not everybody can afford my fees. Um, and I know that, um, you know, people getting together to support each other and, you know, use the OPPs, other people's platforms. And, you know, but they've got a common theme, they've got a common goal. And it is about, this is a stepping stone to a very deep story. And this is their way of going, you know what? I've never written anything before, or I really want to have a go at this. And it's like, okay, well, let's join it, join, come and join this collaboration. This is what we're going to be doing. Um, and we are a community. We support each other. We're helping each other grow. We're introducing each other to other people. Um, it isn't the wham bam, thank you, ma'am, leave your money on the side on your on your way out. It is a very much it it is a very sacred space that I create with my authors. Um, you know, to hold them while they take this journey, whether it's a whole book or like you say, as a chapter in the book. And before I even started my own publishing company, um my uh my team and I we were like, okay. We don't want to be one of those vanity publishers. We don't want to be um, the, we're not the traditional publishers. You know, we, this is, look, let's look at how other people have done it. Because for those who are listening and that don't, haven't known my story, I went down the traditional publishing route. Then mm-hmm. I went down the, I got uh, burnt by a vanity publisher. Took me ages to get my book back, my copyright back, and I don't take royalties from my client books at all. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I think that's a new, that's the new, the new way. Like, absolutely, I didn't write the book. Yeah. Why should I take? Why take should I royalties take from it? Yeah, I, no one's taking my royalties. Don't think. Thank you very much. I wrote the book, and without me, you wouldn't actually have the content. Right. You wouldn't actually have a book to, you know. And and I think this is the important thing that a lot of people need to know that it's, you know, the traditional publishers. The reason why it takes so long to publish with them is because of the, the publishing catalogs and the amount of time as well as all the, the, all the editing. And, you know, there's a big, there's a lot of redundant red tape. There's a lot more of us boutique publishers out there at the moment that are saying, you know what, it's not, it doesn't have to take you 18 months to write a book. It doesn't take, have to take two years to publish. You know, if you focus and you knuckle down we know exactly what it is that you're going to be doing. We yep. know exactly what needs to be done. You know exactly what you need to say. It's going to change. It, you know, it's a dance. And then this is a publishing process and it takes this amount of time. But we're going to do it properly. Yeah. Don't think just because it's done in a short amount of time that it actually it. is done badly because or it's a not. Small it's, company. A small company. Yeah. So this is so funny because... And when I learned this and people listening, you might never, never heard this before, but there's, there's tens of thousands of publishers in the world, right? There's five yep. big ones yep. that everyone knows. There's a ton of imprints underneath them, which are just like subsidiaries, but they're still mm-hmm. a bigger company. And then there's all these 
what we used to call vanity publishers, now they're independent presses, small presses, whatever. They're at least 3,000 of them are owned by the same company that was the original company for vanity publishing. Author Solutions, if you look it up and you and you look at all the subsidiaries they own, they are marketed mm-hmm. as individual publishers. They are marketed at, oh, we're a small press and we care about your book and everything. And and I don't know every oh, single one. I'm not going to badmouth them, but it's but I know so many people who come to me and they're like, I had the worst experience ever with this company or that company or this other company or whatever. And it's, I'm like, well, that's because you were, you were going in blind. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know what you're looking for. And you didn't have somebody who really and truly cares about books. Like I freaking love books. I have them around me all the time. Books I've read books. I want to read books that, that I just think have really pretty covers. Like I, genuinely care that your book is the the most beautifully designed the the properly printed the right format hardcover softcover do you need a dust jacket don't you need a dust jacket what's your income goal what are you trying to do with it maybe you need to be on amazon maybe that's the last place you need to be yeah like, some people boycott amazon but everybody only talks about amazon right but if you're selling so i work with a lot of entrepreneurs and and they're high level business people and they're like i'm using this book as a, a funnel it's a front end of my sales funnel and i i want everyone who owns it to have to come through my funnel because otherwise i can't get the the buyer data and i can't continue to talk to them amazon buyer amazon doesn't give you the buyers there is a way around that i found out but that's yeah conversation um, <laughs> but it's like you need someone who knows what the hell they're doing, who cares yep. about the book, who cares about you and your mission. And like, if there's a social justice book out there, there is no one better than Don Bates. Like you, you go and you get her help and you have her help you publish. And she will make sure that everything that you dream about is going to happen for your book. Right. If you want a business leadership book, you come to me. Like, it's just, there's so many of us out there that are mm-hmm. experts in our focusing on so places. many different genres. Yeah. And, and there's different people you resonate with. Maybe you don't like, you know, women leaders. Maybe you want to have a guy take you through the, I don't know, whatever. Maybe but you don't want a book snob or a coffee snob on your Right. Team. Maybe you want someone who just says, I'll write it in a weekend. It's so easy. Just talk it into a tape recorder and publish a transcript. If that's really what you want, <laughs> do it anyway. Because I honestly, I go against those things just because I hate reading them. You know, yeah. I will go on Amazon and I'll get snookered in by a really great title because they're a good. They had a good copywriter because I was a copywriter. I know how that works. Mm-hmm. And and then I get the book in the mail and I'm like, God damn it, it's a transcript. Yeah, like, I've already listened to this guy's YouTube stuff. I don't need it in a book format, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's just there's so many options out there now that there's no reason everybody can get published. It's just a matter of and that's how the thing, well isn't it? you want it done. I, I just like I've always said to people, just tell me what your goal is. Yeah, and we'll work. Because the thing is, it's like if I if it's not right for me, I had a lady come to me uh, end of last year. She wanted this kind of book. Um, I think you know what? I love the concept. I would love to be part of this book, but this is what my brand is. This is the elements your book needs for me to publish it. Right. And it doesn't have that at the moment. If you're willing to bring those elements into the book, then I would happily publish it. 
but you're going to have to wait until this time because my publishing schedule is full. Um, <laughs> if you're going <laughs> to, if you're happy to make those changes and you're happy to wait until then, working on these ideas, so it's already in the development. So by the time we get there, we're all good to go. Then let's do it. But if not, I can't publish it for you because it goes against what I stand for. Right. You know, and it's like with Jake, um, his book, The Recipe, I mean, U.S. Marines Mindset for Success. You know, that people are like, well, how, what? Like, why is Dawn publishing that? That's about mindset and that's about success. That's a self-help book. But because it talks about his journey into the Marines, what it was like his journey come, going through the Marines, you know, and afterwards, you know, the drugs, the drink and the, you know, like the, like, just everything there's so much of his story in in that that it fitted my brand but if it had just been a business mindset book a business book I'd have gone right you need to go to Julie I'm mm -hmm. not going to touch this book that's not how it works right we know enough people between us and this is why I love conversations that you know it's like my friend Michelle she does books that are just stories people that just want to get the story out there Mm -hmm. It's not about making money from it. It's more of a legacy thing for their family. Um, you know, they just, they've got to a point, they just want to share their story. They want, it's like Amber. She just wanted to get it out of her. It was just something she needed to do. It wasn't yeah. about business. It wasn't about social justice. It wasn't about making multi-millions or New York Times bestseller or Financial Times. And, you know, and people don't know that you have to have a minimum of 150 grand to become a New York Times bestseller. You have to have a New York Times, sorry, a New York publisher. Uh, sorry, a new an American publisher and a New York press agency, and they don't realize all of this stuff that goes it's behind a curated it. list. Even and even the people who do, me all don't the get it. Still don't get and it. It's not sale based. It's not sale based either. No, not, you have to impress the giants. You know, there are people that have sold hundreds of thousands of copies and still not got okay. the New York Times bestseller, and they, people don't understand that. And so when I say this to my clients, they're like, really? I'm like, yes. Stop worrying and about these, the vanity metrics and start worrying about producing content. a quality book that's actually going to help people. And that's when you'll find your audience. And if you're, if the New York Times happens to be your audience, fabulous. They'll love you Absolutely. and they'll put you on their list. But that should never be the goal. And I've written for no. people who, when I really early in my career, that was their only goal. And they, I mean, they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm to do it they did it for a week and that was it but they well they're like I don't care I'm, I forever have that title and and so I'm like okay this that's when I learned I was like I need to learn how to publish because yeah. I'm not going to play that game anymore and also no. so one of the things that we do is is in the in the vein of not taking royalties and not working the way that a traditional publisher works is we will set you up as a self-publisher. We're like the publisher in your pocket. Like we'll do the work. We will set up the, the design. We'll do all the, make all the decisions. We'll, you know, but, but at the end of the day, you have your own imprint. Your company has its own publishing arm. If you have a big company mm -hmm. and you want to have lots of books, I mean, Home Depot has its own lot publishing company and Patagonia has its own publishing arm. Like they have a mm -hmm. whole department that does nothing but publish Mm. people don't realize that they're like oh all of those really awesome hiking and photography books and and all the cool things that you can find in a patagonia store they publish those yes of course they did because yeah, it's a money stream it's an income uh, of course stream. it is <laughs> you know so so there's so many ways you can do it you don't if 
if you want, I don't know if you do this, but I would assume that you you might is if you want Dawn to work on your book because she's so good at the subject matter that you're on, but you don't fit her brand, self-publish it, but use her guidance. You know, yeah, like, absolutely. We do set up your own imprint <laughs> and let us do it before you don't this? screw it up. Absolutely. <laughs> do you want me to? This is the thing, and it's like there are some books that um, you know, we I've said to the clients, you know. If this is not on brand with me, we can just set it up as your own publishing company. That's right. fine. No, no, no. I want your fire on my spine. Okay, right. well, if you want my fire and you on your spine. you have to change spine, your book. <laughs> you have to change your book. Yeah. If you don't want my fire on your spine and you're happy for me to just be your coach, then fine. That's, that's what we do. Right. But they all want my fire on their spine. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that works for me. Because again, and they also, you know, I, they love the fact that they get to have books also published by Dawn Publishing right. in the front of their book because we become a family. Once yeah. they come into my space, we do become a family of authors, you know, and it feels like a family. And yes, you know, you, you know, you, we're all going off and doing our own business things and then we all come together and then we go off again and like, you know, and then there's collaborations coming together and, you know, and it's such a beautiful space to be in, but they're all in this storm publishing family, and mm -hmm. and it, it 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 sometimes it blows me away, Judy. You know that people trust. You know they um, they trust you so much because, and it is truly an honor to um, have people approach you and say, "I really want you to help me publish." Because as an author myself um, and writing the, and having been on my own journey, again, I was on my own at the very beginning. I made the mistakes. I know I don't want other people to go through what I went through. I don't want them to go through the loneliness that I sometimes feel when I'm on my journey with these yeah. books. I mean, I'm traveling around the world by myself. I don't have someone to give me a hug during those moments when I'm just crying my eyes out in my coffee or hiding under the bed sheet going I don't want to write books anymore why do I write books <laughs> what why was I thinking what was why right? do I put myself through all of this you know yep. and it and you know that this is what they're going through and I remember Jake saying to me Dawn I forget that you do this you do this and yep. you do it over and over again and you hold space for others doing this and I, that actually made me cry because he actually realized that and he took the time to notice that I am an author as well as a publisher and I am on my own. But I also know that if it wasn't for Jerry and Linda and my team, you know, and one or two really close friends that I, you know, that they get what I'm going through, yeah. you know. I, I turn to my ex-husband a lot and you know some people might think that that's really crazy but he he knows me like and like he's taking care of our boys and at the end of the day he also knows that okay we may not be married anymore but if I'm going to be strong for the boys I also need someone that I can lean on that isn't just going to like Dawn or be there for Dawn because she's an author yeah. or because she's a businesswoman or because she's this and he knows Dawn warts and all yeah. yeah, that's another thing that's so different about what you and I do versus like the vanity publishers or the hybrid publishers or even traditional publishers. They're, they're companies who have an output goal. You know, they have an, a, a quota to meet or they have, you know, they a lot of them do care about the smaller presses and things 
they, they want you to have a good book at the end of the day, they've got deadlines to me. They're going through, you know, but they're not also author. They're not also writing at the same time. They're not also going through the same struggles that you're going through. The reason I'm writing the five author freakouts is because I've seen <laughs> it. So too. There's going to be four books in the series, but, um, I've seen it and, and I've seen yeah. it because I've seen it. You've lived I've lived it. it. Like I know, it. and my team knows they're like, Julie, it's freak out too. Just get the hell back on track. You're fine. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. I wrote a book about that. Okay, cool. <laughs> 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 because I've seen, and I was, and I literally, I literally thought that at the beginning of writing this book, my, my team was the one who said, you've got to, to write this stuff down because you're yeah. just, you're coaching people all day long, every day, all your authors, you're like coaching them through all this traumatic stuff. And then you never, it takes you forever to get to the actual point of the meeting. So I thought it was just going to be a quickie little pamphlet. I'd write it out, you know, and now it's turning into this whole like deep soul searching, alchemize your shadow and figure out what's you're actually blocking you from producing the book. I realized that a, a couple of weeks ago, it's like, holy shit, I've been stuck in freak out five for like 16 years. Because I haven't <laughs> really been marketing my book. They're just I've been writing practice books and not not really pushing them out there in a in a big, big way the way I do the for other authors. I'm like, damn it. You know, <laughs> like, oh, I'm, how, I on this stuff? how did I not see that? <laughs> right. I exactly. So it's so funny that that we it that just gives us unique perspective and it and it yeah. makes it a different experience going through both the writing process and the publishing process with people who, who get it and who are right there in the trenches with you rather than somebody who's like in an ivory tower going, yes, you are worthy of publishing. Hand us your book. We'll take 90%. Thank you very much. Like that's a totally different yeah. experience. Very different experience. But, you know, and this is the thing, there's books that um, I've been, you know, contributed to, I've been interviewed for um, and two, three, four, five, seven years later, they're still being rejected by a publisher. You yeah. know, because they want one of the big five. How long you are you know, going to wait? Uh, yeah, how long are you going to wait? You know, is this book that important that you are willing? And you see these people's confidence in their book dwindle because what the big five are still rejecting them, but they want it there. And I get that you want it there, but there are ways that people like yourself and I can help you get there. Right. You know, come through us first. Let's self-publish it. Let's get you those sales so that it starts to get noticed. And then we can get you the agent or you can get the agent that can get you into that. And, that and it's like, it does happen. And it, it happens, happens more than people clients, know. Yeah. Like, like the people don't know, but the sales reports on Amazon are, are done by a company called BookScan, which is owned by Nielsen. Mm -hmm. And yep. People can see those. They they can tell. They they monitor things, and they're like, there's there's like book scouts or something, and they because like I had one client who had a, a book that was brilliant, helped millions of people, amazing book. She self published it, and then all of a sudden, one of the big five came to her and offered her to to buy the book, and then found out that we were writing a second one, and was like, oh, we want both of them, and then. It was so funny because they have to be, there has to be like industrial espionage or something because all the other groups found out about it and she ended up in a five way auction. And she yeah. actually ended up interviewing them to pick who she Absolutely. wanted to present her Absolutely. book. Absolutely. Which is totally different than what most people go through. And and when you're when you're losing confidence because a big five publisher doesn't want to take your book on, you gotta realize 
they care most about the bottom line and the best thing you can do to get, to get it, go boost your social media following and they'll take your book. It's Mm -hmm. probably not that your book is terrible. It might be that your book is terrible, but it might not be. It might just be, you don't have a big enough following. You don't have an email list of 200,000 people that are going to buy your book. They care about selling books. That is their bottom line. And they the average, I read this statistic the other day. I don't know how old it was, but the average traditionally published book only sells 3,000 3, copies. That would be a mm-hmm. dismal failure in, in my world. Like people, people oh, like 3,000 copies. I want 3,000 copies a week. You know, that's the uh, kind of business yield that these people are looking for. They, mm-hmm. don't, they don't have time to wait for that. They don't have the patience. That's why there's so much uh, emphasis on the merchandising that goes with yep. it. And the TV deals and things like that, and yep. and this thing I used to work for Nielsen. Um, oh, really? I, I didn't like, know that. That's awesome. Yeah, I see. This is the thing. Like, I've been in publishing when I think about it. Like, and then this was something that only hit me. Re- like, you know, maybe I don't know about a year or so ago. Um, I was like, oh, I've been in publishing pretty much. I, you know, newspaper publishing. I've been in magazine publishing, mm-hmm. uh, media publishing. I work for Nielsen. I've also worked for Experian. So I understand all of the data and all of the stuff that goes on behind it. And then it's like, I've been through the publishing side on the other end, on the author journey and this. And, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 22, three years. So I understand all of the elements that go into building it, which is why I focus on the authority and using, you know, what your journey has been to elevate you to that next level, you know, and it's about understanding how the information is manipulated and how your reviews on Amazon are also the reviews on Goodreads and how when you get all of those reviews, they're actually used and they're picked up and they're and people go, yeah, but Dawn, you haven't got a lot of reviews. You haven't got and I'm saying, okay, I might not have a lot of reviews, but for me, as somebody who's writing books, I'm my books are not easy reads. People aren't going to really enjoy reading my books because they will bring a lot up for people they will challenge people but the thing is if I can make the money that I'm making every month on my royalties from books that people find uncomfortable to read you can bet your ass I know what I'm doing yeah yeah you know because and this is a thing that you know and the result people say to me Don I I don't want to write a review they'll send me the messages privately but they don't write a lot of the reviews because sometimes what they've read in my books, they can't write the review because if they write the review, then people will know that they too have been through what's in my book. So it's a way of self-preservation. But also, like, there's a guy who gave me a one out of five um, on my uh, Friday Bridge book. What a lot of people don't realize is that guy that gave me the one out of five uh, was a guy that I beat in the courtroom in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a little on. context behind these reviews. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are, and you think there's people that review my book, um, I'm so grateful for, but what really means the most to me are the private messages I get from my readers. Um, and then the relationship I build with them because I do respond to every message that I receive from my readers. And sometimes I'm there all day responding to the messages, you know, and it's back and forth. But for me, that's important because if it wasn't for my readers, I wouldn't have the 
I'm writing for them. I'm not writing for a title. I'm writing for the readers. I'm not writing for the prestige. I'm not writing for the money, uh, although the money is very useful because it, then it helps me publish another book because it isn't a $25 job. It's not a $2,500 job. $25,000 you know, job and people do $25,000 and they don't. And then they run away and they go, well, I can get this done for $5,000. Well, off you go then. Yeah. Crack on. Yeah. I'm not, if you are going to make this and you, you've got artwork, you've got editors, you've got proofreaders, typesetters, you've got, you yeah, know, you've got all the legal uh, registration forms, you've got the ISBNs, you've got so many elements into this. You've got the graphics that are needed for social media. Uh, you've got PR that needs to be done. This is a whole working mechanism that's going on. And if you don't value and you don't, but, I always say to people, if you don't believe in yourself that much, you can't invest 25 grand into getting your book out there. Knowing it's just a numbers game. At the end of the day, if you don't believe you can break even just financially without even considering everything that you're going to learn and everything you're going to release and the sleepless nights that you've had will be gone and that nagging doubt within you that has kept you awake all these years and that discomfort, that's going to be gone once you've written this book. If that's not worth it, then what is? And the people that you're going to help also oh, not have those sleepless nights. The, you're just, save, yeah. the alcoholics that are going to stop drinking, the marriages you're going to save, the, the mm-hmm. people who are going to get their lives back. Like that, that the ripple effect of a book, people don't understand how how wide it is, even if it's mm. uncomfortable. Like we write mm. some pretty uncomfortable, even though they're they're like prescriptive books. People are like, holy crap, I did not know. And they, you know, you have no idea. You might know who bought that book, but you have no idea who they passed it on to. I've had mm-hmm. I, I had one lady who what wrote a financial book and it was specifically for women. It was short. You would call it a pamphlet probably, but she would leave it in airplane seats on purpose mm. for people to just find. And she would mm. get notes all mm. the time. Then she was an accountant. It was a lead magnet, right? But it would, but she would leave it on planes all over the world and people would find it and they're like, oh my God, I didn't know. Mm. And, and so you, you just don't know the effect. Um, there's some statistics somewhere. I think it's from the book industry study group that says a book is on average is passed around nine times. And I'm just like, mm. that's incredible. Like yeah. about nine Xing your investment, like write a really good book publish it so that it looks professional. It feels professional, put it out in the world in the right way. And you're mm-hmm. going to have this massive effect. If you're going to have clients coming from you. You have no idea how they found you. No idea. Absolutely. But mm. it's because of your book. Absolutely. I mean, at this thing I had one lady come to me because she'd read my book. Wallahi. Uh, now she's publishing a book with me. She's done so many of my courses and you know, and it was because she'd read my book. She sent me a message and I replied to her. I, you know, I actually video called her mm-hmm. and she, she freaked out. She was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you. You've called me. I was like, well, why would I not? You've just sent me a really beautiful message. I've yeah. called to say thank you. And I think that's you're not going to get that from a very, you know, from no. one of the big five publishers. You're not going to get it from, you know, the, the vanity publishers. But you are going to get it from those of us who actually care about what we do and actually take the time to care. You know, it's like I had told one of my clients to say, right, it's time for you to go and have family time. I don't want you writing anything else today. Yes. yes. 
They you freak out when you do that. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. There's not. There's no more time for you to be working. You've got to go and have family time now. Yeah. You know, and they they just like I said, I don't care about the deadline. We can push that back. What is most important right here, right now, is that little person you picked up from school. Now go spend time with them. I am yeah. not with my children. I have not seen my eldest son for over two years. You know, it's unlikely with the way things are in the world that I will see them for probably another year. Okay, I'm missing a huge part of their life. That wasn't intended, but there are certain things we sacrifice. And my boys are cheering me on and go, have you not written another book yet, mother? It's been a week. I'm like, shut up, cheeky son. <laughs> but again, we're real and we're approachable. So I really want to be very considerate of your time because I know that we're probably going... I know what, an hour and a half now. Oh, my gosh. We could probably go, we could probably go for another All hour. Day long. No, it's only been an hour and ten. But we're probably, probably going to go for another hour and ten if we do not bring this to a close. But I think this is a really beautiful place for us to bring this to a close. Um, and, Julie, thank you so much uh, for joining me for our conversation today, so our dance. So it has. And anybody you know, who's listening, whether you're, you know, listening to the book snobs or not, like, just <laughs> – don't stop writing. Don't stop believing. No, in don't find, stop. The, find the people who do believe in you and believe in what you're trying to do Absolutely. and then get help because that yeah. is the way that it works. Yeah. And whether you write a pamphlet or a picture book it's or a proper book, as Dawn says, <laughs> it's okay. I, I don't even have an ebook reader, you know. Oh, I hate I it. Oh, my husband <laughs> bought me one. And he was so proud of himself when the Nooks first came out, the very first one. He was like, he pre-ordered it. He never did that. And it came and it was broken. And then, and then the next, cause it was the very first ones that had ever come out and, and they had no idea what they're doing. They were, they had so many orders. They were shipping them as fast as they could. And then I sent it back and got another one. And then it was just like, it's just not a book. <laughs> He's like, but he was in nosing and smell them. Yes. <laughs> I have one that I've been reading lately. It, oh, it's the artist way. And it, and it was, um, oh, and, and I bought it in a metaphysical store. So it smells like all the essential oils. And I just mm. literally sit there and sniff it sometimes. Like, <laughs> I don't even need to read the words. I just want to smell the oil. It's like that meme that's going out that that little boy who's just opening the pages. I don't know where he's Vietnam or somewhere like that. And he's opening the pages he goes, and he's just wiping his hands over the book and going, me reading the yes, book. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's so brilliant. Because this is the thing, when you open a book, I remember there was a bookshop in Oxford when I lived in Oxford. Um, so there's no, you know, and this is the thing I am, people say, Dawn, why are you doing, you know, if you don't agree with prestige and you don't buy into all of that, why are you doing a PhD or working towards it with Oxford university? And I'm like, because I'm doing it in international law and social justice so that I can serve my clients. It's a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. You know, I am, I love, in, I love law. Um, and I love social justice and I hate bullies, you know? So if I'm, writing books for my, with my clients and helping them to write books, you know, on these issues, then surely the best way for me to serve you is to actually study and probably go to the highest and the best university in the world. No offense to all the people from Harvard and all of that jazz, but Oxford, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I live there. I would there. Why else would I go? Uh, <laughs> other than I love, I just love 
Oh, I love St. Aldgate's. I love some. Oh, I just love Oxford. Um, although there is no beach, which is very, very bad news. Um, but, you know, it's, I remember going into this bookstore in Oxford and it was just off um, on the way uh, you'd got the covered market and you came out and, oh, you know, you'd got um, this beautiful little cafe at St. Old Eights and I walked around the corner and I opened up this, like when I went in, there was all these first edition books. And then it was like wow. just everything. It was like a little maze. Oh, Julie, you would have loved it. The smell of books just covered you as you walked in and you were like okay I've just embraced about a thousand PhDs <laughs> I like and all, just, all just the those authors. oh seriously like all the forbidden women or female authors which again is another reason I love being an, a female author and a publisher because like my hero is like George Eliot yeah you know he was banned for years I'm like yes let's just do this and <laughs> <laughs> in your face <laughs> but again it's that essence isn't it and it's why we do what we do and again we're going off again and I was gonna I really, say we said we were gonna stop and here we, we are said we we're gonna stop and now we're off again on the smell of books and I would love to have you back on the show um a little in whenever we get the opportunity I'm disappearing down into the Amazon uh and we'll be offline which is one of the reasons my team is getting really busy at the moment like i'm going i gotta go right more i need to go <laughs> i need to be on a boat <laughs> yes yes it's been beautiful thank you thank so you much for so sharing much. This has been so much fun and uh, anytime anytime at all hmm. so you heard it here folks if you want anything books on business leadership Go see Julie for social justice and becoming the authority on your chosen subject and come see me. And if we can't help you, then we'll be able to direct you in the direction of somebody who can. Absolutely. That's Julie Eason from Thanet Publishing and my kindred spirit and soul sister. Thank you so much. <laughs> ciao, ciao. <laughs> Here we go. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Truth Serum Podcast. You can follow Dawn directly through her Instagram account, instagram.com forward slash real Dawn Bates. This is an invitation only podcast. That said, if you would like to speak with us or come on the show, please send an email through hello at dawnbates.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Remember to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Sharing is caring, so share away. Until next time, folks, grab a good book, see a sunset, and expand your knowledge and experience.